Hello, and welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. Uh, it might be two episodes this week, or there might be a long introduction followed by an interview with Keith Wiener, maybe Weiner, Wiener, probably Wiener. His last name's Wiener, ha uh, Okay, now it's going to have to be a second episode. <laughs> so check it out, double episodes this week. One episode of me being an idiot, and then a second episode with uh, Keith Wiener from Monetary Metals. And uh, hopefully I'm going to be able to grill him on all sorts of things like quantitative easing, uh, the uh, repo markets, all these things that I keep pretending like I understand and absolutely have no understanding of whatsoever. But hopefully in 2022, I just started reading uh, Bob Murphy, put up a thing on uh, financial plumbing. He's there in a Mario suit, so uh, Mario, so I'm starting to get into that, really trying to educate a little bit, and my God, am I bored now that I'm done with that end-of-year thing, which, by the way, have you checked that out yet? Directed by my friend Gus Contervo, uh, also filmed it up in The Shell, which, uh, those were some cool people. I, you know, I still feel like I'm a kid. I know that I'm not. I'm 33. I've worked a bunch of years. I've had, like, seven kids and 19 abortions. I no longer have hair. Uh, and I have a wardrobe of old clothing. Everything I own smells burnt. Can I talk about that for a second? The, the dryers in my, uh, um, uh, apartment building, uh, like they never, they don't, they don't dry things on a first run. So then I always got to do a second run, but there, there's no perfect timing on a second run. And I got a whole wardrobe of stuff. It just smells like you've put my clothes in the oven for too long. Just everything I own smells like burnt bread. And then I'm not going to rewash it. It's clean. It just smells burnt. Or maybe there's something about the dryer that smells. And by the way, if I'm smelling that burnt flavor, that means this shit's like seriously doesn't smell great. Because my, sm my smell is still 10% since Corona. I am not at 100% smell. So if I'm smelling burntness, I'm almost surprised it's not at the level where someone's like, dude, did you get into a pizza oven with your clothes or something? Why do you smell like burnt crust? Uh, or maybe I'm the only one that can, maybe I'm having a stroke. Maybe nothing actually smells burnt whatsoever. And this is me just having a stroke. Anyways, there were like seven trains of thought there that brought me into the the burnt bread. I want to start podcasting more often. I'm not doing enough stand-up. I like just yelling into this microphone alone in my apartment. Who out there wants to come over and help me build the uh, home studio? Fat Dave, when's your next vacation? When are we building my, I want to build like a shed in the middle of the apartment with a little oven for cookies so that if guests come over, I can serve them cookies, maybe a mini fridge. It should kind of look like a tree house that doesn't make sense because it's in the middle of someone's living room. So Fat Dave, you said that you're an engineer. When is your next vacation and when are you coming over? I'm putting out the call right now to the Tower Gang pod of when is Fat Dave going to get on an airplane, come over, and help me build a podcasting studio treehouse in the middle of my living room. Maybe we can even get a tree from outdoors. I mean, I'm a renter, so we might really be pissing off my landlord, but if we could elevate it just like one foot off the ground on a couple tree stumps so that it could look like a more authentic uh, treehouse, and then maybe we'll bring in bugs from the outside also so that you get like a little bit of that picnic flavor where you, like picnics always seem like a good idea until the ants show up and you're like, that's why no one ever does this. It's terrible. Also, how do you even sit on a blanket? Like I've never liked sitting Indian style. I understand a tailgate. Tailgates are good. You're off the ground. You get the smoke going from the grill. Right. And then and then you don't have to deal with all the bugs. Also, there aren't as many bugs in the parking lot unless you hang out too long because you don't actually have tickets to the game. And then all the seagulls show up and then those seagulls, they don't give a shit if you're trying to eat your burgers. They're also trying to eat your burgers and enough seagulls gang together. They're going to beat you for your burgers that you're going to lose that fight every day of the week. If it's multiple one seagull, you can handle a single seagull once you're like seven or eight or nine seagulls. You know, they, they, they got the beaks and they'll peck at you. So you got to be careful if you're out in that parking lot alone. They're like those seagulls at Giant Stadium, like vultures. 
once again, getting very distracted. And as long as we're distracted, might as well take this opportunity to plug our loyal sponsors, Sheath Underwear. I'm wearing my sheath right now. My dick and balls feel great. That's why I feel so uh, so good in this podcast zone right now. And then also, Yo Kratom and Yo Delta. Uh, if you're a pot smoker, you know, over the age of 21, go to Yo Delta, load up on them gummies, load up on them, uh, on them vape carts. Uh, you know, if you're feeling more adventurous and you got work to get done and you have a job that you hate, you know, the meal kratoms will help you get through the day. And then if uh, you're stuck sitting at a desk and you just want to make sure that your balls and dicks and everything aren't flopping all over the place because you've got sizable junk, you got balls that are hanging down to your knees and, you know, even your coworkers are looking at you while you keep readjusting within your cubicle, you think you're getting away with it. You think no one thinks that you're scratching at your nuts and really all you're trying to do is adjust your balls. Your balls are stuck to your knees. You're just trying to adjust the thing and then all the next thing you know, the lady in the cubicle over starts complaining that you've been jerking off at work. You're, you're calling, you're pulling a tube in here, you know, he didn't get fired so you think you can get away with it too but you know you're not part of the media elite you can't be jerking off at work that's only for people at cnn until their brothers get involved in scandals and then all of a sudden you're not in the powerful lead anymore and then you get busted and you know you can't work your job the point is don't jerk off at work get yourself some sheath underwear make sure everything's in place and then let's move back on which i was trying to compliment the people at the shell that it's interesting you show up to a place run by other people your age and i don't know you feel like a kid like it's a like it's a clubhouse i like what they got going on there uh very cool that people showed up and supported the show and i think the filming went well so if you haven't already checked that out um please go check it out fair amount of work went into it i think my artist who everyone who's seen me wearing one of those uh i'm just uh working on macaque shirts you should go pick them up from them. It's LVMP pieces. I will put them into the episode description along with his website. Uh, my friend Gus showed up and he really put his work in and uh, I respected the hell out of that. I mean, he stuck around with me on Sunday. We literally edited from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. And that guy sat in his chair and just got it done. And he also was cool about moving equipment all around. So I appreciate that. Uh, and you know, this isn't an Oscar speech. Only 3000 people have watched this on YouTube. <laughs> so I almost hear that boring Oscar music playing in my own head of, you know, quit thinking, but I'm going to shout out, uh, two more people. And then, you know, later in the episode, I'm going to talk more about the project cause I'm already bored and feel cunty about it. But the other guy who gets a shout out is, uh, Max. If you guys don't know Max, we've uh, summer porch toured there. We even winter porch toured there. He's got the incredible uh, uh, bar in his backyard. I think we will probably be back there for the end of summer sandwich spectacular. So, uh, you know, buy your tickets now, even though the link isn't up. But I really wasn't planning on doing the end of year thing again. Like I kind of had it in mind that I'd like to do it, but I kind of didn't want to do it. And he just looked at me with the most serious face and said, you have to. And it was just like so earnest and he meant it. And I was like, all right, if Max says I have to, I got to do it. And that kind of got me going. And I'm happy I did it because it got me out of the house. It got me to schedule dates. It gave me uh, some drive every single morning when I woke up to write the thing. And uh, I got to say, that's the biggest thrill for me in life is when you can feel like you're a man on the mission, you know, not visit your dying grandparents, not see your, not see kids, not go on dates, just not do nothing and stay in your house because you feel like you got some task that's so important. Who gives a shit about anyone else or anything else? You don't work your day job for a while. Uh, clients keep calling you and they tell you that they're, that they're leaving, but nothing bothers you. You don't care. You're a man on a mission. You've got this project that 3,000 people are going to watch on YouTube. And so my God, nothing's going to get in your way. These jokes are too important. So anyways, 
That's everyone's got their drug in life. That's that's my favorite drug. When you got a project, you got a deadline, you know that you got to get it done. And now that it is over, I I turned into a housewife within three minutes. I can't I can't believe when like I don't have I just been I feel like I work for my apartment and the, and the job doesn't pay anything. And all you do is continuously try and organize it. And then it just because I have clutter. There's no organizing all this clutter. You, you, you need to call the hoarders people to throw people out. There's no perfect way to organize your clutter so that it doesn't feel cluttered. And then I keep thinking, like, I don't want more things in here. And I don't know. I've, I've spent the last week cooking and cleaning. I feel I feel like a housewife. You can come over. I've got I've got on the top shelf of my fridge now two like uh, two giant things of, of tea and coffee. You want to come over for tea and coffee. I got it. I got it good to go. I've been, I've been cooking up roasts. Uh, I, I posted a picture of some French toast I made the other day. I don't even know where the rest of the time has gone. Uh, but while I'm talking about being a housewife, I want to say a special thank you to all the people out there that are uh, still putting up Christmas lights. Because, uh, you know, sometimes people, I don't think they, I don't usually appreciate them until so many people stop putting them up. And then one day you're on mushrooms and you're walking around and you're really just spending three hours staring outside of the house of a guy who put up too many Christmas lights. And maybe he's in there thinking, hey, why is this person just staring at my house? You know, they're just a couple lights. You're supposed to drive and just move on. But then the person on the outside of the house is staring at the house and really reflecting on that even though he's not Christian, Jesus has probably brought a lot to the world because so many people have some sort of interaction with God and the Christmas cheer that people are taking the time to put up lights. It's actually a really nice thing. Uh, and then the guy inside the house is like, this is the last time I put up lights because I can't stand having these people on drugs just staring at my house. But let's move on. I was trying to talk about my end of year project, which if you haven't checked out, you should go check it out. I think it came out pretty good. It's on YouTube for now. Uh, Robbie the Fire, all one word. That's the way to find it. And uh, YouTube has done the creepiest thing that I have experienced yet. I have been going live to YouTube. I very much enjoy going live. I enjoy the little comments. I enjoy uh, knowing that, you know, you can't... It's mostly I don't like... I'm lazy. I don't like doing post-production. So if you go live, it's just up. It's done. And then also, since you are live... There's no making any edits, and then I also kind of like the uh, almost old-school radio feel of that people who are live with you can post little comments and you can engage with them. Maybe in the future I'll figure out a way to do uh, call-ins or something along those lines because I do enjoy it. Um, but what I've been doing is because I know that YouTube is hot on my tail. I know that YouTube doesn't like what I have to say for some reason, even though <laughs> the audience is not that large. They are all over me. So I've been deleting episodes after I put them out. Basically, I've been going live. Video is up for about 24 hours. I take them down, and then all of you people here, you get to hear the podcast, and the podcast stay up and uh, exist forever until, you know, the YouTube people get together with the Optimum people and then go after the SoundCloud people, and then all of a sudden your content's gone. But until then, my content will stay up and free forever. Uh, unless there's a way to monetize it. Uh, speaking of which, if you know how to do NFTs, you want to hit me up and cut up that entire special, turn the thing into NFTs, take a cut, pay out my artist, and uh, maybe make some money so that we can fund the next project and get Gus paid more, hit me up, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Anyways, I've been taking down content. I've been self-censoring. They beat me. I've understood, hey, I can't just leave this up, but maybe people can catch it live, some people can watch the videos, and then I will pull them down. Uh, I had, I just got a strike on my channel for my episode with Sam Parker and the strike came after I'd already taken the video down. And since I took the video down, I can't refute the claim. Now, I don't even know how they knew to 
strike something that I had already censored and taken out of. You understand how creepy that is? And this is as far as I know. Maybe maybe it got the strike before I took it down. I don't think it did. I'm 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 fairly positive the strike came afterwards. Um, but you know how crazy that is. So in other words, I went, hey, I don't think that this content is a fit for this platform. So I took it down. And then they said that since you did it, it's like you can't go live, say something, and then and then self-censor and edit it. It's like old school television. You need someone there with a box that if somebody wants to explore the possibilities that, you know, the lax election was uh, fraudulent, uh, which, by the way, that was what apparently we got censored for, was talking about election fraud, which um, I don't know that we said anything that blatant. I think we explored the possibility. Maybe, maybe this is me being too lawyerly. Maybe if you go back, we literally, maybe he said there was election fraud. I don't know. I feel like we were exploring the topic and whether or not people should be concerned about whether or not we have legitimate elections, but I guess that's uh, YouTube, you know, they're, they're, they're in the big tech business. They don't want that kind of information out there. And so they censored it. Okay. Moving on. Uh, you know, if no one bought you a nice gift for Christmas, this is your chance to treat yourself, get out there and, uh, buy yourself some sheath, sheath underwear. Like I said, it's going to keep your nuts from uh, sticking to your leg. And if you've got other New Year's resolution goals, you've got things that you want to accomplish. You can't do it while your nuts are stuck to your leg. Or maybe you're a lady and you got a boyfriend and you don't even realize that the reason why he's being such an asshole all the time and he's yelling at you and, he, and he's throwing things around the kitchen. He's telling your cooking doesn't taste good and slapping. It's because his balls are stuck to his leg. Now, he's not going to say that he, and he shouldn't be slapping you. If he's actually doing that part, he should be leaving. Anything else, you know, is fair game, but you don't, don't tolerate that. But I'm saying all the other problems in your relationship might just be because your boyfriend or husband's balls are stuck to his legs. And you can correct that just by going to sheathunderwear.com using promo code RYM and you're going to get 20% off. The sheath people, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're preventing spousal abuse. They're, they're solving the world's problems and they do not want me saying that within an ad read. So let's move on um, and let's trash Airbnb. Uh, have, are you guys into the, uh, the Airbnb thing? Is it something that you enjoy? Now we're, we're gonna, we're gonna do a rundown right now of advantages, disadvantages. Firstly, off the bat, I would never book an Airbnb that doesn't have two bathrooms. One of the best features about hotels is you can shit in a lobby. That's it. That, but, but I will say, and this is against hotels and hotel shitting is that more and more hotels don't have good doors on the bathroom that you're staying in which creates an issue. We talked about it with Kyle where they had the see-through glass and you know you, you have to watch your, watch your friend shower or your friend's got to watch you shower. Very weird. Then they also now they got the sliding doors which like I, I, like who's designing bathroom doors so that you can't shit comfortably? I, this should just be the, the, the simplest thing, the starting point of you're renting a room for a night, you want a good place to take a dump, put a fucking door on the door that works as a door. Not that complicated. Hilton, help me, hit me up. I'll, I'll help you out on this one. I, I'd love to become a, a, a bathroom door consultant for major hotel chains, and it'll be as simple as you, you, got, a, you got a crack here, you got nothing, no filtration. How am I, you know what I'll do? Here, here's the way the meetings will go. I'll seat the entire board of people designing the room. I'll go into the bathroom and take a shit and be like, hey, were you guys able to see that, hear that, or smell that? Well, that's because you don't have a good door here, so let's get that fixed. That's a simple meeting. And then, and, and then all people staying at that hotel moving forward would know that this one bat that this guy's got the good bathrooms. All right. Anyways, trying to go back to hotels. All right. Favorite part about a hotel is one. 
Usually you can shit in the lobby, which is great. You're not stinking up your room. You're hanging out with the lady, whatever. You can get that shit done in the lobby. That's pretty great. Next great thing about a hotel is um, I like that uh, if they got like a pool, I love waking up early, going for a swim, hitting that thing before the fat kids are, you know, splashing around. Uh, okay. Now here's the parts about the Airbnb that are, that are terrible. Um, well, all right, well, we'll talk to the positive hotels, you know, they got soap. That's kind of nice. You know, you know how annoying it is when you get into a shower and realize they don't like, you don't even need the good soap. You can have the $1 like shitty soaps. Okay. Here's what's the opposite between the Airbnb and the hotel. You go to a hotel, they only got this shitty fucking bar soap, which disgusts me for washing your hands. Now I get it. You could be singing happy birthday three times in a row, blowing out candles and then going, okay, my hands are clean. But if you're OCD and you want to go back for a second and third time, I mean, how many times are you going to sing happy birthday to yourself after a single dump and then convince yourself, hey, wait a second, there's no antibacterial uh, thing in here. So now I just got soapy hands. Next thing you know, you just, you're just you just brushing off all your skin. Your hands are all cracked and white. And then you realize I got to go back. I got to go out and buy myself some hand soap. So that I've got hand soap for my sink. And then I've got, you know, the bathing soap. Also, who wants their dumpy hands on the bathing soap? And then the other thing that doesn't make sense, you know how you solve this? Just have fucking liquid soap on both. Have liquid antibacterial soap. And then you know what else is good? It, if someone uses a half a bar, you still got to throw out the whole bar. I feel like you'd be saving money. Do it like uh, gyms do. You put up the thing in the corner that's got the liquid soap. You get your fancy liquid soap for, uh, for your shower. It's going to bring your own loofah. I don't want to hear any bullshit from people. If we can get hotels to upgrade their game where they've got liquid soap, I don't want people being like, but I don't have a loofah. That's because here's the problem with the bar. I mean, the hotel's wasting money because they're throwing out unused bars. And then you got to use a bar which you don't know if the guy who you're sharing with, whose pubes are clearly now in this bar, was he wiping? Because if there's a bar of soap and you're sharing the soap, you should be soaping up your hands and then using your hands for clean. You should not be going soap bar direct to genitals, ass, or armpits. You shouldn't be doing that. And I'm not watching you in the shower to inspect how you're using the one bar of soap that a hotel room provides. Okay. So that's the problem with hotels. They only got the bar soap. You're trying to get shit off your shitty hands. And then they got no antibacterial soap. But then you go to an Airbnb. They only got the hand soaps. They got no soaps in the shower. And you don't make that discovery until you're in the shower. And then you're, you're, you're half naked. And, you know, you start getting nervous because you're filming that night. And you're like, I don't want to be getting acne and be full of, you know, I, I don't know what I was full of. But anyways, <laughs> so you start ransacking all the bins that say, hey, this is family property. Don't be going through these bins. And then you're instantly seeing nothing but tampons and you're understanding why it was marked as family property. So that's one strike against the Airbnb is, uh, you know, if you're going to operate like a hotel, have some fucking soap. The other thing I don't like about the Airbnb is that you're either in someone's home, which is weird. Uh, or they're pretending like it's somebody's home. It's some, it's some guy and you know, he made an investment in a house and now he wants to Airbnb it, but in order to Airbnb it, he wants to pretend like it really is a home. So you don't trash it and treat it like a hotel, you know, it, coming on lamps. That's for hotels. That's not for somebody's homes. Throwing an orgy. That's for a hotel. That's not for somebody's home. So they want to pretend like they're a home, but then you get all this tacky furniture where it almost creeps you out. Like would someone actually like, is this real furniture? 
or is it fake furniture? It starts looking like a Disney ride of what a house is supposed to look like, and then you start thinking, how creepy are these people? And then they leave you a guest book. They want you to sign a guest. I always just sign the guest book. I farted on everything. And then I hope that they got no sense of humor, and they're just walking around. They're sniffing the cushions. They're like, did this guy really fart on everything? Did he fart on everything? Um, did I have anything else that I wanted to say about Airbnbs? Um, oh yeah, here's the other thing that pisses me off about the Airbnbs. You can't give me too many instructions. If I'm already paying a cleaning fee, I don't want instructions on cleaning. Now, I can't trash your home. I get that. But, like, simple shit, like, you know, taking out garbage bags or uh, stripping sheets, it's like, why am I paying a cleaning fee for telling me to clean it also? And then if you get too fucking specific, like, I need you to take out the garbage and uh, turn the thermostat to 30 at this hour and 50 at that hour, and then between the hours of 7 and 8, it's got to be at 80. And then when you take out the garbage, make sure that you the inside of the thing is clean. Like, at this point, you should be paying me to fucking house it. If you got anything more than two instructions for show up to the house, here's the keys, don't trash the place. There should either be a, hey, I'm cunty. Like, if you're not comfortable renting out your home, don't rent out your fucking home. All right, there you go. That's enough of that thing. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to get this upset about things, you can just go to YoKratom.com. If you're over the age of 21, you can get an entire kilo of Kratom for uh, all of $60. And let me tell you, you will not be upset about the condition of your Airbnb. Okay, let's move on. Um... I'm not going to edit that delayed pause. I was looking at my notes and it said sandwich places and cookies. Let's not announce it. And I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. But you know what? I'm going to talk about uh, some home cooking and then I'll remember what the sandwich places and cookies. Let's not announce it because I, I actually I do know what that was about. Um, here's a good crockpot hack for you uh, fat, lazy people out there. Uh, when you put up a crockpot, because I did this the other night and th this is a pro move. You put two different kinds of meats. One meat that takes like 12 hours to cook and then one meat that takes like eight hours to cook and then you get like two meals, two fresh meals in one. So you do like your like your, your, your like little thin cubes of like stew meat so that that's ready in, you know, six hours and then you get something like neck bones. You guys up on neck bones. Neck bones is like the poor man rib, poor man's ribs and it's better. Dude, you get yourself some neck bones. It's probably like the cheapest thing that exists in the market. And you throw that into a crock pot for 12 hours and it's falling off the bone and it's delicious. But now here's the thing. Who's got a full 12 hours to wait before that super cheap neck bone meat is actually delicious and like rib bone meat? Who's got the 12 hours? So what you do is you pack the <laughs> you pack a, a layer on top of that with, uh, with like your just traditional stew meat. And then you get, without having to wash the crock pot or anything, you do one meal of, of the stew meat, and then like six or seven hours later, when you're done walking around outside staring at people's lights, uh, you come home and then you get a whole other meal of neck bone meat. You're welcome. You guys can, uh, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I'll give you more housewife cooking tips, and at some point I'll figure out how to, you know, make laundry without burning it, so I can do like a class on that too. Uh, I need more row gigs. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. You got a city you think I should be touring in. I will play your dirty basements. I will play your backyards. I want to I wanna go bigger this next year. I want to I be away every single weekend, uh, a different city. And then I want to, because I have like 40 minutes of pure stand-up. So I want to make that into an hour. I want to, uh, you know, make Gus come back out and film that. And then maybe even do another end of year you know, big hopes for next year, or maybe I'll just keep staying in, you know, making cakes and getting fat. We'll, we'll see how it comes together. Uh, speaking of which, this is what I was trying to say with the, with the sandwiches. 
and the cookies. Um, when you go to a place, and I like to get myself lunch at a sandwich place, and uh, you order yourself some cookies, you know, I feel like they, they don't have to announce the cookies. You know, like the, the cookies should just be between you and, you and me. I'm an adult male eating cookies at lunch. We don't have to announce this for the entire restaurant. You know, just charge me, put it in the bag, and let me leave the sandwich place with some dignity. We don't need to have a whole conversation about whether or not I want them before the sandwich, whether or not they're going into the bag, an announcement when you hand me the bag that you put them in there. Let's not mention it. It's just like, let's just keep it between you and me and leave every other patron in the restaurant out of it. I mean, sure, they're eating french fries and, you know, bigger meal portions, but I'm just saying we could keep the cookies between us. You know, simple policies. I'm going to solve a lot of problems for, for simple people, simple businesses, your Airbnbs, your hotels, and your sandwich places. Uh, speaking of which, I, I, I did have the other day, I, I think I'm going to work on this for, uh, for 2022. I think there's a couple things I need to work on, but one of them is I think I'm going to, I got to stop eating in the car because I never wash my car. I never wash it. I'm always eating sandwiches. I'm ruining pants. I'm ruining shirts. I mean, I'm just getting it all over the place. But the other day I was driving. I didn't, I, I didn't have a, a, like, I mean, I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. I think I had my phone in one hand. I'm eating a hoagie in the other hand. And I was just imagining getting pulled over by a cop. And at that point, like, you just got to uh, like, I was just thinking how funny it would be to get arrested for reckless driving when you're driving under the speed limit. But you've got a phone in one hand, a hoagie in the other. The guy's almost like, how are you even driving this car? And you're like, I'm not I'm not even sure. But you want to watch this YouTube video with me or eat the second half of the sandwich? Or that would be a great thing to have to see a judge about. Where he's like, all right, and uh, for our next case, reckless driving. And um, it says here that you were eating, drink, uh, you like, uh, you weren't even drunk. I don't, he's like, I don't even know how to proceed with this court case. I've never had a court case of a person with no hands on a steering wheel, unbuckled. Like, at that point, we're like, what is the cop? He's just like, can you get your life together? I'm not even sure what ticket to write here. All right, let's get into the news. That's enough of, uh, all of these random topics. Um, so I'm getting really bored of everything Corona related. Uh, but I will say a couple things that have happened from this past week. And then I, I'm going to be limiting the Corona coverage because I do feel like it's all getting a little bit repetitive. Um, but one is that they're no longer reporting real numbers. Have you guys noticed that? The, the scam with the real numbers was at first when they were telling us like the, the breakthrough cases or how many people, like the rate of hospitalizations was that they were taking information from before the vaccines were even there. If you were looking for the comparison between vaccinated in the hospitals and unvaccinated, and then like there were occasional numbers, like now they don't give us any breakthrough numbers. We have no idea the people getting sick, how, what percentage of them had been vaccinated, what percentage of them hadn't been vaccinated, how many people are in hospitals, are the people in hospitals vaccinated or not vaccinated, have you guys noticed any of these numbers whatsoever? One stat that I saw being thrown out from New York City was that kid ho hospitalization of kids are on the rise, but then there's no real numbers. It's that classic thing where it's three times where it was a week ago. So what, did it go from one to three? 
Like, how, how many kids are we actually talking about here? And then, of course, you start... The, here's another thing that they do. The first three paragraphs in articles are always, like, super alarmist. And then if you just continue reading the article, they're just, like, retracting more and more of those claims. If you want to see an example of that, I posted a New York Times article uh, from a couple days ago. And I tweeted the fourth paragraph that if the author of the fourth paragraph should have a debate with whoever wrote the first paragraph... I don't remember the specifics. I've spent too much time yelling about cookies, and I'm not going back because I said I've already bored about this. It's right there on Twitter. You, you want to go see this thing? You can go to Twitter, Robbie the Fire. It's all one word. I tweeted out the entire article, a link to it, and all these, all these brilliant points. So you can go there for that information. I'm going to take a nap in a couple minutes and eat some more of uh, leftover neck bones. Uh, but anyways, they're saying that the hospitalization rates are up. Here's another crazy thing that they did. Um, was they've lessened the time that you have to quarantine for if you've had corona. Uh, and they're saying that it's only if you're vaccinated. So I, firstly, I don't understand that. If, you've, if you haven't been vaxxed and you don't have symptoms and you've got a negative test, why is it that, why, like, what is the, can someone explain to me why we're differentiating vaxxed and unvaxxed for recovery time of being able to spread the virus. Maybe there's a reason, and if there is, I'd love to see it. And why is it that suddenly now we're making this change? I will give you the answer. You guys ready for the answer? They can't punish people that have been complying through this entire thing. So when I got sick, it was, hey man, you gotta be home for 10 days because I hadn't been vaccinated. And so, you know, they wanna punish you. But what about all these people that have done nothing but listen the entire time? They've gotten their shots, they've gotten their boosters, they've stayed home for months. They're finally getting back to living their lives. And then all of a sudden, despite all of their listening, they still get Corona. Not only was, and, and, and the one thing that they're holding on to is, well, I would have gotten sicker with zero evidence of that. I mean, how many people are in hospitals right now? Vaxxed versus unvaxxed. Let's get, let's get these numbers. What, what proof do you have that if it wasn't for that, uh, the, the vaccine, you would have been sicker for longer, it would have been worse. Maybe there is evidence. Maybe I'm overplaying it. Robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I will gladly take any of your insights and then ignore it and never mention it on the show. But you can email it to me. Uh, all right. Anyways, I think that that's what's happening. They uh, they realized they can only punish the people that have been, com been compliant so much. They don't want to deal with their outrage. And so they're limiting the amount of time that you have to stay indoors for. Um, here was another interesting headline. This was from the New York Post that the booster protection against Omicron drops within 10 weeks. Now, firstly, let's just understand what does that mean drops? Firstly, what happens to the 95% effective? How effective is this thing against Omicron? How effective is it if you've gotten the booster or if you haven't gotten the booster? Does the booster take a full two weeks to, before it clicks in? Is anyone doing this research? Do they have any real numbers to report? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I think that's why you won't see any real numbers is because uh, they can't even cherry pick good numbers anymore. But now, even if you get the booster shot, it drops within 10 weeks. So we don't even know, like, well, 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 like what is the number? Like, it starts at 95 and then ends up at 70? Because all they're saying is we, it's like religious. So you got to do everything you can. We all got to make whatever contri contributions we can. And so you should be boosted as much as you can be boosted because we all got to make the, the, the sacrifices that we can. Uh, but now... If it was, so what is that? So basically every two months, you're now going to have to get another booster shot. So how, how many booster shots we take in a year? We're getting six booster shots a year so that we can still get Corona, but that the Corona won't be as bad. And then how many sick days are you going to have a year because you feel sick after you got the booster shot? And then also all the evidence that we have of that there are not um, immediate 
health, uh, like we don't know about long-term health consequences, but short-term health consequences, uh, all of that was if you took one or two shots. We got no idea if you're boosting yourself six times a year, what that might ha- what what that might do to you. So, you know, kudos to them for clearly having a working strategy and for uh, continuing to mandate that all of us get behind it. Uh, and speaking of which, if all of that spooked the hell out of you, why not just stay home, give up on life, and go to YoDelta.com, get yourself all the gummies that you would ever need if you're over the age of 21 to get yourself stoned as hell. Uh, you, you eat some of those gummies and you'll, you'll be in your own little planet with no, or if you got a quarantine, you got to stay at home. You're trying to figure out how to pass the time. You get yourself some gummies. I, the gummies are a little bit much for me. Those, those will, those are for your experienced stoners out there. I'm a bigger fan of those, uh, those vape pens. You're in a bad mood. Hit one of those vape pens. You got a headache. You're stuck in Mexico. Whatever it is, whatever's gone wrong in your life, you hit one of those vape pens. You're gonna feel nice and easy. Uh, and then while we're talking about Mexico, I've got two more hot takes about flights. Uh. Maybe I already spoke about this. I'm not sure if I did. Uh, but uh, when I was in Mexico, man, was I excited to sleep on that flight. I mean, it was like a five-hour flight or whatever the hell it was to Denver. I don't think I'd slept much the night before. Uh, I, I, was, I was walking around the airport concerned I wasn't going to get out of the country. I mean, that was, that was a crazy... You wait for a freaking Mexican uh, coronavirus text to, te- uh, test to come back to find out whether or not you can leave the country... That, that's even more exhilarating than being late for a flight and being yelled at by Atlanta people who were, you know, looking at your luggage and stuff. All right. Anyways, I get on this flight. It's after takeoff. I go to bed. And within three minutes of falling asleep, the fucking lady wakes me up to fill out customs papers. That's not going to be due for... I mean, how dumb is Frontier Airlines? Yeah, like, I could have done that at the airport. You, you got, once you get to the airport, you got a 45-minute line... Where you could be filling out paperwork. Why are you waking up sleeping people to check boxes like like as if you're landing in 10 seconds? <sighs> All right, that's that's problem number one. Here's another general rule for uh, for flights. I'm I, I and and please hire me. I would gladly be a consultant for what sucks about your business. I I will just I will show up, suit tie briefcase and suspenders. And I, I, and, and very quietly, I'll just, I'll just go through a work day or I'll just go through the process of, uh, of however you do your business. And then behind closed doors, I, I'll, I'll, I'll yell live why everything that you do is terrible. But I love this where they go, uh, this is your pilot speaking. And we just wanted to let you know that we're arriving early so that you could spend more time anxiously wondering why we aren't moving. Uh, this is your pilot speaking, and, uh, you know, because of flight patterns and my incredible flying skills, we're here uh, 40 minutes early, uh, but you still need to sit in your seats, and, you know, we're going to be crammed in the runway without the air conditioner running because we're no longer up in the air. We can only run the air conditioner we're up in the air. We can't do it while we're on the ground because we've already turned off the engines, but, you know, you're welcome because of my flying skills. We're here 45 minutes early, so you can, uh, you know, you can look at the gate that you're not going to be able to get out of, which which is a nicer view. When you're up in the skies and you're looking at the clouds and, you know, or you're asleep, uh, well, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're just going to sit here in place because luckily I'm such a good pilot, and so you're welcome because I announced that we're here early and, you guys can enjoy sitting still. All right, one last article. One last article, and then we're going to end this episode. I'm going to post it, and then we're going to have a whole secondary episode probably going out today uh, with monetary medals. This wiener fellow. (laughs) I'm such an idiot. Um, Okay, 
there was a NBC New York uh, saying that faking a COVID-19 vaccine card in New York can now land you a year in jail, uh, which, um, you know, I have not been playing this fake vax card game. Uh, my guess is that a lot of people, most people will not get busted for it. I don't even think most people who do get busted for it will end up with a one year in jail penalty. Uh, but, you know, as they continue to try and squeeze everybody and make sure that they're getting a vaccine that they don't need, what new laws do you think they're going to put on the books to, I mean, how many new cities just made a new fucking vaccine? Ma- like the vaccines aren't even working. Why are you mandating them? And why isn't it that you're not even recognizing natural immunity at any level? Like I said, we got to move on for Corona reporting. I'm done with it. Uh, if you have not yet checked out the end of your project, please go check it out. It is available on YouTube, Robbie the Fire, all one word. If you've got basements or other establishments that uh, I should be touring at, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. I definitely am looking to do a longer porch tour. Uh, I, I really want to do a California run this year. I feel like there's got to be, I've never played in California. Uh, I think it's cool that I probably can't even do actual venues in California. So people, if you got those backyards, you're game to host a show. I'd love to do a California run, maybe one in San Fran, maybe one in LA, one in San Diego, kind of like road trip it. Uh, the other thought I have in the works is I will, uh, I've not worked out the details yet. We have, I've yet to do the contractual uh, negotiations, but I would, uh, I'm hoping to do, uh, Childa again. Um, and I'd like to maybe do a road trip of, uh, Texas as well. Maybe flying to Dallas, gig in Dallas, gig in Austin, then do Childa and then maybe go to like San Antonio or something. I don't know. I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. Just, uh, I got to get out of my apartment, uh, starting 2022 between now and then I'm just going to continue to stay home and make cookies. So, uh, fat Dave, if you want to come over and, you know, help me build my podcast shack, uh, the, the, I got cookies in the oven and a couch that you can stay on. Uh, if you're a lady out there with the vagina and you just want to eat uh, random pot roast and eat cookies, um, you know, the maybe Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. All right. I got to quit talking. Bye.